This is episode seven of the Will You Be My Friend podcast. Today I have my buddy Vicken on. We talk about his time studying drones at CalArts and also working at Trader Joe's during all of this corona stuff going on right now. And uh, yeah, we got deep into some like Indian rhythm drumming stuff. Uh, it was really cool. And honestly, I just hadn't talked to him in a while. And it was cool to, to hang out with him again, which is like one of the coolest things about this podcast is just uh, the ability to be social, <laughs> even though we're all quarantined. Um, but yeah, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Vicken. Vicken, my boy. What's up, man? It's good to see you, dude. <clears throat> been quite some time it's been a really long time the last time we hung out we were like walking around ventura together do you remember that we were in ventura together yeah i was working oh oh it was when i was at at the tj's and uh i think i was on my lunch break or something yeah and we ended up walking a little bit yeah we were like hanging out around uh the instrumental music that i was teaching at yeah I believe is, I heard it shut down. Am I? Dude, it totally did. Yeah, so the Ventura location shut down, but the Santa Barbara and the Thousand Oaks locations are still open. Dang, man. So I was teaching there when they shut the Ventura location down, and the owner gave the teachers a one-week notice. That's gnarly. It was crazy, yeah. I mean, you had, like, one full day there, right? Pretty much was your thing. Like, you had, like, one, like, eight-hour block day. It was, like, three. Oof. Yeah, it's kind of rough, man. I remember when we last met up for that walk. It was, I think you were just started there pretty recently at that time. It was, like, one full day, and I guess you got three full days, and then they shut down. Yeah, Ooh. man, it was... It was weird. So <clears throat> I was like not able to teach there in Ventura for a couple of weeks. And then I found a new spot and I've been teaching at the new spot. And then like this Corona stuff hit. So it's been like, it's been a wild uh, past couple months for like my work situation. Dude, it's been an insane season of life, man. Like, yeah, man. It's like one thing after another. It's just this avalanche. Yeah, how has, like, the corona stuff been for you? Because I know for me, like, two and a half weeks ago, like, I wasn't taking it seriously at all. That's pretty much where I was at with it. You know, I was just kind of like, oh, this is happening, but it's, like, not relevant to me in my current state of being. And then, voila, look at us now. It's crazy, man. So, are have you... I saw that you did a grad recital oh, at CalArts, so, right? So thankful that I got to do my grad recital. Yeah, at CalArts. I mean, because two weeks after that, the whole, not even two weeks, like a week and a half mm-hmm. after my recital is when they locked down campus. Oh, wow. Yeah, so all events for the rest of this semester got shut down. Yeah including everyone's recitals, like my roommate, Avery, like his recital, we were preparing for that because I was playing drums on some tunes for him. Mm. And that's canned. And a bunch of my other friends, I was going to be playing alongside their recitals. 
canned. So, wow, big old world music fest at the end of the semester, which is kind of like my last hurrah. Yeah. Done. Damn. I really played my last performance on campus as a student for my recital, which is like wow. a little surreal to me. And like sitting here, like realizing that I really took my last steps as a student on that campus, like a week and a half ago. And it's like, hasn't quite settled in. Cause I mean, this is my last semester. I'm graduating after this. And I know there's some fools that like linger around on the campus afterwards for like way longer than they should. I don't want to be one of those people. <laughs> so I, I expect my, my face to be shown <coughs> as seldom as I can make it, you know? Mm. Mm. That's all really, I, really intense, man. Are they like, are they going to reschedule grad recitals? For next semester or are people just like not gonna have to do those recitals uh, it's still being figured out right now i think they're trying to do like a remote thing like, i know like i was talking with my roommate earlier and he was telling me how it's like they gave him the option of like putting together like pretty much like a bunch of recorded works mm. like that he would start now like duo projects like his like teachers and stuff mm. and submit that or, like, even just, like, do, like, some kind of, like, video version of, of anything. But it's, like, still, you know, there's something about, like, being in that live room playing to a live audience and, like, just that transfer of energy that's just not there with something like that. And it's, like, a whole component of what we get out of this place. Like, you go in there, you play your recital, you get, like, basically free, full, live recording and video of that performance. So it's like snarly man that's wild man it also makes me think of like day-to-day -day life like one of the coolest things of being a student at cal arts or like a school like it is just being surrounded with your peers every day oh. and like playing with people and absolutely for now for that to be off the table for like the rest of the semester like that's such a bummer oh man it's a it's a huge bummer i mean like for me, like my recital was my big milestone for this semester. And after that, my schedule like chilled out for the first mm. time in my two years at CalArts. Like I had the chillest schedule. I've had all this time to just practice, mm. play with people. Like, you know, I would run into my friends in the halls and we like go get like a coffee at the cafe at school and we like people watch or just like even like running into other artists, like the, the spontaneity networking um viewing other people's work you know a huge yeah. part of my inspiration came from seeing what the students in the other schools like outside of music were doing yeah and like, being influenced by that seeing other people that i'd like to collaborate alongside because i mean a lot of the people in the music uh school were all like you know gunning for like the same things and all that mm -hmm. maybe some of the more substantial connections we could make at that place come from some of the students from the other schools, like the filmmakers and the artists and all that, you know, and I don't get to be there to experience that last couple months of just smooth sailing on campus. I'm just kind of trapped in the house and thankfully I still have a job, you know, groceries, Trader Trader Joe's come in clutch. So are you, uh, <clears throat> are you living in Santa Clarita right now? I am, yeah. Right, so you're, school. And you're working at a Trader Joe's up there? Yeah, 
how how has it been with the corona stuff from like the perspective of working at trader joe's oh man like when it first really hit was right when school got shut down and it was a total mess man like the store out here is already incredibly busy as it is they had record-breaking days back to back because it was just we were so overpacked lines from one side of the store to the other side of the store shelves completely empty and it's like you know a lot of our orders that we write are like three days out so you can't like plan for like such like an excessive increase in sales and then what happened is uh, a few days into that everyone got locked out of their orders because of the pandemonium Mm. and there was only limited supply of stuff coming into stores in the region Mm. so like it, it was just very empty for for a minute after the store kind of got ransacked yeah and just crazy like talking with like customers and just like you know the everyday people and how they're handling you get two very at the very least like two very different perspectives you have those that are like bunkering down for the end of the world you have others that are like more hopeful and are just coming in it's like i'm just coming to do my normal shopping you have people buying like like seven hundred dollars of stuff just to have it and it's like it's wild seeing what what everyone's doing, how different people are reacting to the same situation. Yeah, man. <laughs> I remember <clears throat> it was a Thursday night, like the the weekend that this all like really hit, and I went to like the last show that I went to. I think it was like one of the last shows you could go to in LA. And uh, was what's that? What show was it? It was Frances, uh, I can never remember how to pronounce her last name. I think it's Quillalin or something. I could look it up, but she fronts this band called Hopalong. <clears throat> They're like an alternative rock band. And she was playing a solo set at this spot called Pico Union, which is like a little like, uh, like central LA. But um but yeah, man, like I, uh, I went to the grocery store on the way home from that show and already it was like the whole grocery store was half empty. Oh, it's insane, man. Like, yeah, it was like scary, like walking in, just seeing, seeing all those shelves just completely empty. Mm. I'm like, man, there's no frozen stuff. There's no chicken. There's no mm. so anything. And it's just like, it looks scary when you just walk into that. And it yeah. causes more people to panic when they see that. Yeah, it's a really vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I've been thinking about in this whole process is like, there's the damage that the actual virus is going to do. And then there's the damage of how we're reacting to the virus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this season that we've all been put into of being um, kind of trapped away it's very interesting to see who's doing what with that time. Yeah, man. In in a way, this is also a very powerful time for a lot of people. Like, like me personally, like I have a whole list of goals that I've set that I'm going to accomplish during this time. Hell yeah. And it's like very, it's very much a chance for us to all kind of be halted in our place, no matter where anyone is Mm -hmm. and kind of reflect on everything that was and kind of look at what can be moving yeah. forward. Because, I mean, ultimately, after an event like this, like, who would have ever thought we would have seen a global pandemic in our own lifetime? It's like, 
after an event like this, the world is going to be a different place. The status quo is going to change yeah. to some degree, whether it's a lot, a little. I mean, totally, man. So the go-getters are just going to be, you know, like I'm planning like a bunch of stuff. I'm, I got a whole video set up in my garage right now with all my gear since I got it from school. Hell doing yeah. Drum videos. I've been transcribing a bunch of stuff just to have for like my resume. Yeah. And just like I've been writing a bunch, just like shelving all these ideas of like stuff I want to touch, mm. you know, while I'm still here, just finishing up the last bit of my schooling. Mm. That's wild, man. What are, what are some of the goals that you've set for yourself? Well, like I want to do a lot more video content. I kind of stepped away from that for a while. And I, I focus strictly on studio work and I put out like a, a few records, just EPs oh. over the past two years. Mm. And I want to do some more uh, like for, for Instagram and YouTube. I've, mm. I've learned a lot in my time at CalArts as a drummer because I dabbled a lot in the world music program. Yeah. And I, I took a lot of those classes and I played in the, the world percussion ensemble for my whole two years there and like learned an insane amount of stuff like world rhythm theories and all that stuff, how different cultures look at rhythm and like, you know, the Indian version of like rhythm cycles and how they view it, their whole Tala system idea. And I've been working with my percussion instructor at school, Randy Gloss, uh, applying a lot of that stuff, like tabla ideas on the like drum set. And mm -hmm. I think incorporating all those like world percussive elements like like the tabla stuff especially is huge onto like drum set is a huge thing that a lot of people i don't think will ever get in their time as a drummer mm. or even just a musician in general at least for us westerners you know it's not something we really think about mm. but the incorporation of those ideas is actually really incredible and really it opens up your way of thinking, your way of composing, your way of playing your own instrument. It just mm. adds a whole plethora of new ideas to work off of. So that's like one thing I want to do is videos like that. Of course, I just want to do videos with just me playing in general. I don't have as many of those up as I'd like because mm. I'm so such a perfectionist and everything's got to be like perfect. But at this point, I'm just like settling for these like gopro quality things with like some decent audio and just kind of splice them together like whatever i just want i just want content man you know yeah man something finished is better than like unfinished or non-existent like a low quality thing that's out there is oh, better yeah. than like a perfect thing that we never got done definitely man yeah man. then i guess uh you know i just put out an ep last friday yeah, the two oh, wolves, that, right? Yeah, to the wolves, man. Yeah. That was a huge undertaking. Well, that, that EP writing it kicked my ass mm. so hard, man. Like, mm. that's the deepest I've ever gone into like songwriting and composition. Like, there's so many like elements and layers to that. So after after doing that and like it's finally out, it's out into the environment, it's out into yeah. the air. I can kind of decompress a little bit, and I've just been sitting here lately during this quarantine i've just been like conceptualizing some ideas for future work i want to tackle just like the storylines and some of the themes i want to touch so that's another thing that i've put into like my list of stuff is like get all these ideas together and maybe start crafting a greater master plan for all of it so i can target my next batch of songs at some point 
definitely not in the immediate future because like I I need to just chill out. From I hear you, man. Time. <clears throat> with the To the Wolves EP, I was really impressed with all the different textures that you like so effort effortlessly like got out of those four songs, man. It's like well, thanks, I felt man. I felt like, effortless. <laughs> I, hear oh. I hear you, man. It was hundreds of hours spent on mm. on the the vertical orchestration of the songs, yeah. like the horizontal facet of the structures was originally that's always been like a very hard thing for me Mm. and i haven't i never used to think as as a deeply about the vertical layering and orchestration of the tunes i just was like Mm. i got it structured from start to finish i was like beautiful yeah like with these tunes like i finished their horizontal structure like at the end of last summer Mm -hmm. and i spent so much time listening to my demos that i had on logic and just like analyzing what i could keep adding to the orchestration of the vertical structures now to have like implement the most out of those ideas it was a lot of work i mean Mm. there's so many like synths layered in the back and just textures in general like done with guitars on top of like the already copious amount of guitar work and crazy drum work and all the harmonies with the vocals it was a lot man it was fucking sick man i really really liked it Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate that you checked it out and that you enjoyed it because ultimately that's all I wanted to, was to put out some music that other people could get something out of. You know, this is this is beyond who I am, beyond me. It's like I'm putting this out as kind of like a statement on like, here's what I can do. You can probably do better too, you know? What do you mean by that? Like, as far as, like, who we are as individuals, as creators, mm. I think we're all capable of creating a lot of things. A lot of people out there don't don't believe their, their talents to be too far spread. Totally. I consider myself just an ordinary dude that likes metal yeah. and practices a decent amount. Mm. And I put out this whole thing, you know, I, I wrote everything by myself. It's like, I can do it, so can you. Like, Hell yeah. For sure. And, you know, just, like, a lot of the topics and themes that I cover in those tunes are, like, very personal to me. And it's, like, I put mm-hmm. it out because I want other people to see that, like, it's, like, I was in a low place at a certain point, too. And if mm-hmm. you're there, like, I hope this resonates with you to show you that you're not alone, you know? Totally. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Did you, did you sing on that EP? I sang on the first tune, on To The Wolves. Hell Yeah. Jeremiah made me do it, man. It's going to be him. Um, the, vocally, that song is very incredibly rhythmic. It's super, totally. some of the craziest rhythmic stuff that I've come up with. And like, unless you are fully invested in like spending the time to learn it, other than being the creator of it, because for me, it was just natural. Like that song is a huge undertaking vocally to get all those like intricacies down. He was like, hey, man, you should sing it. Mm. And forced me to kind of do the best I could. I mean, I I practiced in the car every single day and recorded Mm. myself and just listened back, be like, do this better, do that better, you know? Yeah, man. All my my great vocalist friends, they they all tell me that they practice in the car. That seems to be like the trade secret. That's the move, man. I mean, especially like 
us living in the LA area, the amount of time we spend in our car commuting to places, man. Yeah. Time that shouldn't be wasted. You know, if you're spending two mm-hmm. hours in bumper to bumper traffic, you know, work on those yeah. local shops a little. Yeah, man. I hear you. So <clears throat> for the past two years, have you been working at Trader Joe's while going to CalArts? Oh yeah. How's, um, it, how's it been like balancing all of that? I will say this. Um, I have a, had a very loaded full, uh, school schedule mm-hmm. through my start in fall of 2018 all the way until this semester. Uh-huh. And it was like five days a week I was at school. I was typically there from Monday morning through like Thursday night. I would spend all my time at school. Mm-hmm. It's like if I wasn't in classes, I was practicing because I had my drum, drum room at school. Cool. And then Fridays, I'd usually take it easy on myself. I'd be done with classes around two. I'd practice till like five and then like go home because that was my one free night yeah and saturdays and sunday nights i would work and then sunday yeah. morning i also had my church gig cool so i'd be doubling up on sundays so i had a very hectic schedule it was exhausting it is yeah. uh, taxing on the you know taxing on my mind taxing on me physically emotionally it, it beats you down really hard yeah man but i don't regret using my time like that it was necessary for me to survive of course but there's a good community of people that i work with that i also consider like very close friends to me and it's like nice to get to see them you go in everyone's out there and it's like oh after work let's go grab some drinks and it's like heck yeah i want to hang out with my friends hell yeah dude so i didn't sleep a lot in these last two years but Uh. honestly it was worth the amount that i've gained from being at school and just like balancing it with work and just having literally no days off allowed me to grow a lot as far as me structuring and time management and all that to still get my school stuff done, to still practice a lot, to still write and to still go in and work without being completely exhausted. It was was definitely a trial. I definitely learned a lot of things of, of how to do it and how to not do certain things, you know, but it was it was intense. I'm I'm grateful that I was able to get away with working two days a week because of my my church gigs on Sundays have been very consistent in my two yeah. years here. So that really helped keep me afloat when times could have been tough for just working mm-hmm. two days a week. Yeah, man. I hear you. Thank the Lord for church gigs, dude. that was my thing too like when i was at northridge i had a real consistent church gig on sunday mornings and that just that made it very doable it's a lifesaver man like without that my my income would have been hurting i would have been in a worse shape than i am now (laughs) yeah just like still not the best of shapes financially (laughs) as well expensive school let me tell you that dude that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Very expensive. Sure. Like, I'm grateful for all like the scholarships that I got and everything, all the grants that helped me. Yeah. There was still a lot that I put out of my own pocket for mm. it on top of it. You know, it's like, yeah, like 50000 a year, man. It's like, it's brutal. That's significant. That's not including rent or any other yeah, expenses. Rent. Living in general, you know? Yeah. Man, those kids that are coming in for a full four years, like, mm. I hope their parents are loaded, man, which a lot of them are. Mm. Nothing wrong with that either, you know. Get, sure. Get the education you want and, and leave that place with as little debt as possible. Good for you. Sure. 
Um, but it's like, man, going in without that cushion and just mm. like taking loans out for that, that's just brutal, man. Yeah. Because you go into this place, it's it's an art school. It's not going to guarantee you a job. All it's guaranteeing is you, you have the option to get better at what you do. Totally. That's really all it is, the place to hone your craft. Yeah, man. Up to you to get a job after that. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I was hanging out on the Cal Arts campus a little bit, like hanging with uh, like David Roidstein. Incredible, incredible. And I was, I was really thinking about doing a, a grad degree at Cal Arts. And oh, then, yeah. but it's the, it's, it's a difficult thing to justify, not just the finances too. I felt like it was just time for me to like, get out in the city and like course, do it and make some music. But, um, but yeah, man, Cal arts is incredible. And like Good place, for sure. the, the musicians that are coming out of that school, it's, oh, man, it's undeniable. Players there, man. Yeah. Insane players, insane drummers, guitar players, like, yeah. Holy Christ, you know? Yeah, man. I'm gr- I'm grateful for a lot of the, the friends that I've made, like, there's this, this guy that graduated last semester, like one of my close drum friends from school, Anthony Ty Johnston. Absolute monster, man. He's one of the nastiest cats that I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm grateful that, you know, we got to trade solos together. And like my roommate, mm-hmm. Josh, who's a drummer as well, world percussion guy, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that I have these friends that are just like incredible at what they do. And I just kind of to hang out with them, you know, like these Hell are- yeah. These are the guys that we're entering this world at the same time together. Mm. That would have been crazy, though, if you ended up at Cal Arts the same time as me, man. <laughs> that would have been wild. We would have we would have raised hell. Uh, more hell than I already raised, man. <laughs> remember those, remember those uh, jam sessions we used to have with Alex? Of course, dude. Way back so when, when I was working at the rehearsal studio, dude. It was so fun. I miss that guy. Man, uh, he lives in Reno right now with his yeah. wife, but... Uh, he came down here to track bass for To the Wolves in February. Fuck and yeah. And play on the recital March 1st. Hell yeah, like, dude. Oh, man, like, it's always a pleasure to be around that guy and, like, hang yeah. out with him. Like, literally the – one of the greatest humans I've ever met in that life. So positive. Like, no matter, like, what's happened in his life, he's always just, like, the jolly giant, man. Mm, yeah, man. And you just kind of, like, get that energy from him, too, and it, like, lifts you up. It pumps you up. Mm. Man, those oh, yeah. we used to have were like super crazy, man. It was fun shit. Went to some places. We were just like wild, like exploring different time signatures and different oh, yeah. vibes and just Definitely having a good time. Man. Yeah. Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, it was good shit. I love playing with you, man. I hope we get to play together soon. Well, my schedule's like clearing up and once this <laughs> quarantine thing ends, I'd love to just do some stuff man dude me too it'd be so fun so fun no that we both improved since we last worked together you know totally be great to just go in see what comes out no yeah man yeah i totally agree dude with um with cal arts did you find it difficult to like land on a focus I, i i've heard the critique before that it's kind of so open-ended that sometimes people feel like uh, there's just too many good subjects to get involved with. Um, I've, 
I would say uh, for me personally, no. Cool. No, I didn't have that problem because when I went into that school, I knew exactly why I was going there and what I wanted to get out of it. Cool. It was, I went in there, I was like, com- composition was a very new tool to me before I got to CalArts. I, I had just started writing like a year before that. So like 2017, yeah. when I started writing music, you know, being a drummer, I never really dabbled in that stuff too much until like one day, just like something hit me and I had to. So I was like, well, this is definitely my weaker skill. I need to go to school and get better at this. Mm. And CalArts just kind of called my name, drew me in. And that was my, my main thing in my head when I was there. I was like, get better at composition, learn what you want to do, what you don't want to do, how you can do what you do at a better, more efficient way of doing it. Yeah. And a, the other beautiful thing I found while at that place, like unexpectedly, was the world music program, which kept my drumming skills sharp in a different way. Cause I would say like, I think a uh, technique wise, my drumming kind of went out a little cause I didn't have the time to put into technique practice, mm. but what I gained out of it musically was much more important. Yeah. Like I might have been a better drummer as far as like my chops and like technique control, all that stuff when I went into CalArts, but upon leaving it, I can, 100% say that I'm a much better musician mm. which is I think more important because now after you know school's done I have plenty of time to like invest back into like chops and technique which will all come back like totally pretty quick you know yeah it's a matter of drilling it again it'll, it'll get back there and then it's all of a sudden I have all this new vocabulary all these new things to incorporate that into and it'll just kind of level you up Hell yeah, man. Back to like that original point, like a lot of people I've seen at that school going into it get very lost Mm. with the amount of things that you can do there because there's nothing holding you accountable for what you're going to dabble in or not. Just like, Mm. here's a certain amount of time that you're at this place. Here's your degree requirements, which are pretty open-ended for the most part. Mm. And it's like, do with it what you will. If you want to just like spread yourself out as far as possible, that's fine. If you want to like hone in on one thing specifically, that's fine. But they don't kind of like push you to hone in on anything. That's really up to you. Mm. And you know, I'm grateful to be there as an older student, knowing what I was doing versus like, if I went there when I was 18, dude, it would have been a waste of my time. (laughs) Like just being totally real about it. Like I would have wasted all four years of my time there if I went in. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have known what to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a wild place. Dude, that's insane. Cool, that's uh, better for older students and, and for grad degrees. Mm. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the opinion that I've heard from most other people as well. It's accurate. Damn, dude. Look at you. Got your getting your college degree just my undergrad bro wild (laughs) man yeah man it's about time dude i'm freaking almost 26 years old like i hear you i had nothing to show for that after like three and a half years at moore park and then like three years of being i'm not going to school anymore (laughs) i think i was around the same age when i graduated northridge yeah i was i was like 25 when i graduated northridge i think it doesn't seem to be that rare of a thing anymore, man. 
No, yeah, shit's getting weird, man. Everything's fucking weird. I feel like after this whole Corona thing, like the world's gonna be a different place, dude. Absolutely, man. Like I was saying, a change in the status quo. Oh man, rethinking how they do everything. Yeah, man. Yeah, I hope so. It would be cool if this like raised our collective consciousness. That'd be nice. Yeah, a little hopeful thinking, but yeah, I know. I know. I'm also, it's like half of my brain is like, oh, maybe it'll raise our collective consciousness. And then the other half of my brain is like, I better take some survival classes and learn how to live in the woods. Because, <laughs> because like when the next plague hits and it's like a real bad plague. Oh, dude. That's the thing. Cause it's like, if Corona, if another virus came along that was just as contagious as Corona, but had like, like a 60 or 70% fatality rate. Rip. Dude, we don't, we did, there would be no society. There would be no oh, electricity. There would be Mad Max, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Yes. Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not something I'm hoping for. No, no. Not ideal. Not ideal living conditions, man. But uh, but let's say let's say that that doesn't happen. Let's say society resumes and gets better and, and continues on the same track that it was going on. Uh, like where where do you see yourself in a couple of years? Are you trying to start a project? Do you want to play drums with other people? Like how important is drums to your like life's work? Absolutely, man. Yeah, uh, well, I had a few things in mind, you know, like right now, as you know, I'm doing my Trader Joe's gig. Hell yeah. It's very nice, solid income, but, and they, they've supported me a lot through school, man. Like they've helped me pay for some of my education and all that even. It's wow. Beautiful. But, you know, I spent five years with the company now and I feel like I've kind of hit my peak mm. with what I can get out of that place. You know, I've kind of done a lot of growth through being there. I've learned a lot about myself, about work ethic. And it's time to move on to the next step. And what that looks like is kind of what I've been formulating over the past year during this last year at Cal Arts. I mean, I found, I found myself originally, I was like, Oh, I'm going to get into like, you know, film scoring and like media scoring stuff. Mm-hmm. I dabbled in a little bit of that while I was at school. And uh, I didn't really dig it for the most part. I, I had much more frustrations with it than I had enjoyment. And I was just kind of like, I would rather stock groceries and make more money instead of mm. do that. Yeah. And um, so I learned, like, like I was saying earlier, like a lot of things that I ended up not wanting to do, like don't waste your time with this. Yeah. Um, I did find out though, that I really like writing music for video games. Hell yeah which I did a project for someone last semester, an old coworker of mine who goes to Chico uh-huh. state. Um, he ha- helmed this big production project as the video game producer and using the whole entire video gaming program at that school, they built a video game from ground up of his ideas. Oh, wow. And I wrote the music for it. Hell it yeah. Kind of like a very like random organic thing. Like I went back to work in Ventura over summer last summer. And then, uh, uh-huh. I, he was back as well working there and we just chatted and just kind of came, came up and it was like, Hey man, you know, what? you know, I go to school for writing music. Right. And we just kind of, uh, you know, chatted and 
put together a video game. It was really cool. Dude, dope. Dope. Was it like a, was it like a, what kind of video game was it? Like 2D? No, it was, it was 3D. It was like a, oh, cool. it's kind of like a 3D, like couch brawler sort of game. It's like meant oh, to get cool. like four like friends into like the same room, kind of like interactive experience. Just like short, like two to three minute matches. Oh, cool, man. Super. Like, kind of like Castle Crashers. Do you remember that game? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Something like that, you know, cool. kind of the night that whole aspect of just kind of a very small scale game. that's just kind of for like short, easy fun with your friends. Hell yeah. So, you know, video game writing was something that I really liked because there's a lot more freedom than with film writing. With film writing, there's all these very, very specific cues that you have to hit. And oftentimes you spend all this time on a cue and it just gets rejected. And it's like, well, it's back to square one. It's like I wasted all that time and nothing came of it. Mm. Like the video game stuff even after talking to a couple people that work in that field is very much just like my process was this guy was just like hey here's a screenshot of this level just do something i was mm. like okay i would send him a little demo he'd be like perfect you just like, go for it hell yeah you know, dude do whatever and i was like heck yeah i like that that's Pretty so cool nice so video game composition is probably one of the, the things i'd like to dabble in Mm. To what extent that might be, you know, full-time job, part-time job, freelance, I don't know. Whatever comes my way, I'm cool with it. Mm. Um, another thing that I found I liked at school was notating music, like transcribing mm. into sheet music. Yeah. So ideally, if I get like a job as a copyist or like an mm. orchestrator, while orchestrator, often we think of like someone who writes vertically totally. the, the term of orchestration the actual film music industry is the person who after receiving the midi files from the film composer uh basically i take the midi files and i would put them to sheet music for the studio musicians totally yeah so that's like that would be another ideal gig is like a copyist job because it's something i could do remotely mm. Which means, say, if I like landed like a, a sick like touring gig, it's still like really? a form of guaranteed income while I'm on the road. That'd be sick. And then that leads me to my next point: is another thing I'd love is just touring gig or just like even like work for hire. I'm always into like, as far as drumming goes, mm. if I'm getting paid the right amount for it, I just want to play live, dude. Like that's cool. Hell studio. yeah. Well, like any sick touring gig like some like country artists or like some pop artist hit me up like i am in i have nothing grounding me to this place right now mm. it's like sure man i'm just like living on a month-to-month basis i would love to go on the road for like six months hell yeah man and you know still have time to still do some like com- composing on the road and all that i mean cool. i already have experience on the road from my time with warbringer yeah i have a have an idea of what being on the road to at least like a mid-tier degree looks yeah. like. Yeah, man. I mean, one of my t- teachers and I at school, like my percussion teacher, Randy, like I've mm-hmm. been like bugging him about like getting me connected with the the people at Cirque du Soleil. Oh, I would, cool. Like that would be like touring gig ideal. Mm-hmm. Like I would love something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping my options pretty open as far as, 
what kind of work I want to be doing as a musician yeah. out of this place. But I just want to make sure I don't go in to something I don't like that's going to kind of suck my soul away from music and take away the things that made me love it and all of a sudden just make me want to stay away from it entirely. Yeah, man, it's easy to get bitter like, with stuff, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird situations out there that could really wear on us. I mean, I've heard it from multiple people, man. Like coming out of school, they like get a job is like, I don't know, a music supervisor picking out songs for something. Desk mm. job, nine to five. Two years later, they're like, I hate all of this. Totally. And they're just like, I'm not going to do music anymore. I'm going I'm to clean pools, you know? Yeah, dude. It's wild. Like I've seen it happen to a lot of people and I've, I've had this conversation with my comp teacher over at school a bunch about the amount of people that he went to school with. He said about 70 to 80% of them. He was like, they ended up like, whether it was quitting music or just like not no longer pursuing it as like a, a means to make ends meet. Yeah. This became like on the back burner, just like a smaller hobby for them. Yeah. And he said he's seen that a lot with like generation of students that he's seen go through school after him all the way up until, you know, where we are currently. He's like, mm -hmm. the statistic is still about this, the same, about 70 to 80% will stop pursuing it professionally or quit. Yeah. Or we'll just end up in like pedagogy positions of like mm. teaching at a community college or something, you know? Mm. So I hey, want to... Man not be one of those statistics yeah dude it's it's rough out there it really is and then you like pile on top of it like the hardships of life just like heartbreak or sickness or oh yeah bad man. business decisions or whatever else it can really uh compound oh yeah i mean i think one thing that at least everyone should have learned from our current situation mm. is that life is not going to like wait for, for you to be ready for it to crash down on you. Totally. Like this whole pandemic that we're dealing with, like I wasn't ready for it like mm. at all. And it just hits me like after I've been dealing with like the last year, just these constant like punches to the gut and just like rolling with it. I finally felt like, yeah, I got my footing again. My recital's done. We're just chilling. All of a sudden, universe is like pandemic. And I'm just uh, like, all right, we don't need this right now. But here dude. we are. Here we are. Yeah, man. I there's the economic pain that every country and every oh. business is going through right now. I I I can't even begin to understand it. It's it's like gonna be a worldwide uh, worldwide recession, man. Like yeah, man. It's it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, it's gonna be really ugly for a while. Yeah, and then like with the entertainment business, man, it's like like venues will probably be one of the last things to open back up, like when we're reintegrating mm -hmm. into society and everything. Oh yeah. So it's like, man, it's just gonna just gonna get hit hard like it would be so devastating like if we in la like 
lost some of our favorite venues because of absolutely man this crisis i mean another thing this whole crisis is going to force everyone in the music world to evaluate is the validity of being like a touring musician of any mm-hmm. capacity i mean yeah. look at all the tours that got postponed or shut down just because it's because of all this and it's like that's a huge loss for plenty of people that rely on that to make a living yeah man it really forces us to look at whether or not this is going to continue being a valid, a valid way of people making legitimate income, or if we're going to have to start getting creative and thinking of newer ways to make money as, you know, live musicians. I've seen a lot of people, what they've been doing in this whole thing is they've been doing a lot of live streams on like Instagram or something. Yeah. It's like asking for like donations, almost as if they're giving like, a free streaming concert and like donate as you will. Totally. One of the responses I've seen to this whole idea. Yeah, man, it's, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of live Instagram lives. I, I think it's pretty dope. Uh, like, like Ben Gibbard of death cab for cuties been doing like daily, uh, YouTube live stuff and this guy Blake Mills the songwriter that I really love he's been doing a lot of Instagram I mean everybody has been doing it and uh, it's really cool and but I I just I don't I, I hope that never completely replaces like going and seeing live music like being in the same room that's so special but uh, I don't know maybe we're just fucking old at this point and like the the young generation they'll just be like really into streaming or whatever yeah we're the old ones now man it's getting to be that way dude it's a young man's game serious 100 <laughs> percent, dude it's crazy <clears throat> so are you uh are you looking to stay in santa clarita after you graduate or definitely not santa clarita um but i will be within range of santa clarita i'd like to be a little closer to la i hear you i like to be in a more central location that just kind of allows me to to effortlessly move between like as needed like ventura county yeah um santa clarita just for like maintaining my cal arts connections and i actually just met some working composers out in santa clarita just from working at trader joe's that i'd like to maintain those connections and be close enough to LA. And so, you know, somewhere in like the South Valley, like I have a pretty wide range of where I wouldn't mind moving to is like somewhere between like Sherman Oaks all the way to like Pasadena is like, yeah. like a good enough of a, a place. But Sherman Oaks, I think would be the most ideal as it's pretty, pretty well distributed for me to get to all the necessary places. Completely, you know? man. Yeah man. yeah, man. Lots of good neighborhoods to choose from. Where are you living right now, Eric? I'm in Pasadena right now. How are you liking it there? Uh, it's all right. I was in Highland Park <coughs> for like two years, and I really loved it. And then I had some friends who were living in this spot in Pasadena, and they were moving out to Nashville. So uh, I like swooped in and like got their spot and met the landlord and like um, – you know, had a good first impression with the landlord and uh, took advantage of like being able to live by myself. 
So oh, that, on your own, huh? Yeah, so it's just me here in this spot. Mm -hmm. It's basically like a fairly large, like one bedroom apartment. It's technically a bungalow. So it's like a small house. Like I don't have any shared walls with any of my neighbors. Dang, man, that's a, that's a situation right there. It's really cool, man. So it's very cool to be able to like come home and play music whenever I need to or early in the morning and stuff. But um, spending this much time alone does wear on me. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. And it's like one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast too. Um, I've actually been working on this podcast like behind the scenes since like November so I have, um, I have like 17 episodes that I edited of people coming here and doing it live. And I was working out like different tech technical difficulties and stuff. Um, but now with the Corona stuff, now that we're all like quarantined, I was like, fuck, I should just start doing web ones yeah, while yeah. we're quarantined. So this is kind of like the, uh, like the quick, not, not that the other one's high budget, but this is like the quick low budget easy version oh, yeah. of the oh. podcast um <laughs> so part of the reason i wanted to start the podcast was just to like have people over and like have conversations and stuff oh, yeah um but uh and then i also like started this small group in my house that is like all about uh weekly to-do lists so we all are like artists and we all make our own weekly to-do lists and uh we like keep each other accountable and like talk about it on tuesday nights and stuff so that's been really cool too just to like uh integrate into my weekly schedule seeing other people and having people over to my house because before like the first year that i lived here i've been here for like a year and a half it'll be like two years in august um the first year that I lived here, besides work and like students and stuff, sometimes I go like two or three weeks without seeing anybody that wasn't like people that I was working with. So it's oh, like, no. yeah, it's, it's just, it got, it's like, if I get sad or I get down or something, it's like a little too easy to just be a recluse and like not talk to anybody. Totally, man. So, yeah, it. It's kind of weird. Talking, talking with people is, uh, absolutely integral to keeping your sanity like this this is fact yeah man it the mind is a is it can be a pretty murky place and if you <laughs> if you oh, swim man. around in it too long you can you can lose yourself in there yeah especially for us freaking artsy folk serious <laughs> man oh man yeah yeah That's but um the actual city of Pasadena, I could take it or leave it. Like it's very similar to like Simi Valley where we grew up. Yeah. And it's like, it's a suburb, you know? I mean, it, it is a lot cooler than Simi. Like there's a lot more stuff to do, but at the end of the day, it's not like a, it's not like a, a Los Angeles neighborhood. It's yeah. very much yeah. like a place to raise kids. I'm, I'm, that makes me wonder if I'd just be better off in Santa Clarita versus Pasadena. It's up to you, man. You, you the, you really don't want to be in Santa Clarita. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I um the last time I was in Santa Clarita, I totally broke my toe. Jesus, how'd you do that? <laughs> I like recently picked up skateboarding again, which is like a fairly bad habit, but it's just so fun. So um, I went to Santa Clarita to check out the skate park 
a couple days before Thanksgiving. And I was like skating this ledge and I did this weird thing where like I lost my balance and I kicked my foot out to try and regain my balance. And I like kicked this concrete wall like as hard as I could. So like my big toe, I just kind of kicked it perfectly where my big toe caught all of the pressure. So the first joint of my big toe, it was like completely ruined. Like I, uh, I couldn't walk on it for like six days. Like it was really, really bad. And it's actually still like, it still hurts. (laughs) It's been, that sounds terrible. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was my last memory of Santa Clarita. That's not a good memory, man. Yeah, the skate park there is really weird because it's designed very circular. So you're always like kind of running into people. It's like a it's a strange skate park. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of skating, do you ever uh still chat with like Tyler Hammond and like all those other jazz cats from, from back in Simi? I tried to hang out with Tyler um, around the time I broke my toe. We had like tentative plans to go skating, and um, he's a he's a slippery man. He's hard to he's hard to pin down. Slippery man indeed. Yeah, but uh, I know that he does like a jazz jam on Thursday nights. Yep. Black Rabbit Rose. Yeah, and he's invited yeah, me to that. Fred Club, times. dude. What's up? It's Fred Durst's nightclub over in Hollywood. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to one of his Thursday night things? I haven't. I've seen a bunch of footage. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember who Shay Capalupo. Of course. Oh, yeah. So, like, I went, I go to CalArts with him. Hell so yeah. I was chatting with him there. And, like, uh, he kind of keeps me filled in on what that whole circle's up to, you know? Yeah. Tyler Ham and Danny Circle, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, want, I want to check out one of those Black Rabbit Rose gems, man, because from the videos I've seen, they go deep yeah like one of my buddies at school kevin was playing bass with them for a bit so kevin's a very good bass player so i'd love to uh clearly they're bringing in ringers for that stuff they're bringing some of the the hottest up-and-comers to play so yeah man tyler's great and he knows a lot of really great musicians and all the clips that i've seen are like super hot tyler's such a killing drummer man like it really is he was doing like out stuff before I even knew what playing out was. He just does it so well. Does yeah. it so well. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Dude, I want to get, <clears throat> I want to get nerdy for a second. So like earlier when you were ta- when you were telling me about <clears throat> all the, all the Indian like rhythmic rhythms and stuff, like let's, yeah. let's get into that a little bit more. Explain some of that stuff to me. Well, let's see. How, how would I explain this? Because I haven't had to like really explain this to other people who haven't been ex- like immersed in this world for for a good minute. Well, I'm I'm familiar with like uh, the different syllables, like takadimi and like that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, sulcati um, syllables. Yeah. So uh, I guess I'll start with like the sulcati syllables. Like you know, before I even got into the world music stuff, you. You know, I was dabbling super heavily in, like, odd time signatures and all that. Yeah. But this was kind of the way that really helped me internalize a lot more of of these ideas 
and kind of gave me greater control of them. Like you were saying, like the Takademi idea, yeah. the syllables, like, you know, threes are Takite, four Takademi, two Taka. And then everything after that is just a combination of things. So like seven is a four and a three. So it's Takademi, Takite, or Takite, Takademi. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to listen to something and find those underlying patterns. And yeah. using those syllables, you get all the subdivisions as well. Yeah. So it's good to see like, oh, there's like this kind of a pattern is a four and three. It's a Takademi, Takite. And you just hear like, da, 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 <laughs> sorry that was that was my roommate being oh ah, you're good man you're totally good yeah so um that was like my entry point into that whole thing and i was playing in the advanced world percussion ensemble my first semester cool. so it was like application of that stuff we were playing this piece our teachers wrote called two weeks time mm-hmm. which was an exploration of seven in a bunch of different ways mm. So I guess one of the most important things I got out of playing in two weeks time was my introduction to the Indian idea of a tihai, which is a phrase that repeats three times and it has a punctuation. It's a very specific phrase. And when you hear it, it's like, you know, it's there and it repeats three times in the very last big accent is always on the one Mm. so like if i was in four four i could i'm gonna have to i'm gonna just wing this i'm gonna see if this one's gonna work Mm. but so if i'm doing like one two three four one two three four i'll do four four bars of four four and we'll land on the one okay i'll do t high with fives so it'd be like it's like wrong wrong one so it's like that was my introduction to like that kind of way of thinking and it really forces you to think more in phrases and it's like now you have access to these formulas that allow you to find these phrases that you can repeat three times under like, like that was just under like a four bars of four four groove and you whip that out in the jam and all of a sudden you're like floating on on top of the world you just throw that in there and it lands on the one and everyone's freaking out it's great yeah man that's wild so like t-highs were like a very important part of what i got out of that whole way of thinking and i, I dabble and i still dabble in tabla a lot and those compositions on, on the tabla are, like, very beautiful, you know? Tabla has its own syllables, but it's very similar to the whole idea of, like, the takademi, takite stuff. Mm-hmm. And each of the syllables refers to a different kind of tone on the tabla. And, you know, my teacher would give me all these, like, really crazy tabla phrases. And I would uh, transcribe them, and he would always give me a high at the end of the phrase. And then what we would do is we would go to my kit, and then we'd apply that idea onto the kit versus the tabla. But me knowing what the syllables for each of those tones represented and how I would choose to orchestrate it on the, on the drum set. Mm-hmm. And even like in composition, away from drums entirely, you can take these rhythmic ideas 
and do beautiful stuff with it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, this one musician at school, Ashre, uh, he does, like, the whole, like, Carnatic, like, Indian way of thinking behind it, but he's in the jazz program at school. Like, at his recital, he had some, like, beautiful compositions, and he, like, utilized those T-highs, like, so great across his whole band. Mm. It was just, like, beautiful, like, listening to that stuff, man. That's wild. So <clears throat> are there a lot of different specific T-highs that you, like, memorize and utilize? I mean, but like the compositions we were playing in the advanced world percussion ensemble are like often like modular pieces with a very skeletal foundation. Mm. It was like, this is the type of pattern here. And yeah. it was like up to like whatever our small group or our large group was, we orchestrated it however we chose. Mm. And then there would always be like some kind of T high that was built into the composition itself. That would be like, it would act almost as like how, you know, jazz musicians, musicians have their cues. Yeah. You know, you give the eyes to everyone when you're about to end your solo. Totally. Like, that's pretty much what this is. You bring out the T-high and it's like your musicians are like, all right, yeah, we're about to go into the next part. And you're like listening for that third repeat, knowing it's going to be on the one. Yeah. And oftentimes, like, we had like the big built-in T-high, but like often we'd be soloing before in that section we'd like do our own like the soloist would like do like a big t-high to cue the band to go into the you know the full band t-high mm -hmm. so it's just like very interesting it's a for me it was like realizing how powerful of a cue it can be yeah like it really like sets in place like check this out like we're about to go from here to here and it does it so seamlessly you know mm. So, like, yeah, there's certain ones that are, like, kind of, like, standard T-highs, but, like, uh, the idea of a T-high is it's, it's open to whatever you can come up with, you know? Yeah. All it is is a phrase that repeats three times, and that final, that final hit is on the one of wherever you're going. And it's always three times? Always three times, yeah. So, sometimes, um, so it would, it, it, would, it would rarely start on the one as well. Like it would have to start somewhere else so that it was always yeah. it, it all depends on what you're trying to come up with. I mean, I've seen an equal amount of T-highs that start on the one. Mm -hmm. And like we'll go through like three cycles of something before it lands on that final one. You're all of a sudden back into this, like the top of the cycle. Mm. Versus like something that like starts like maybe halfway through one cycle. And it does that half of the cycle, goes through one more cycle, and you're on the, the one again. Like, mm. it, it's all a matter of just kind of, like, calculating it, finding what patterns work. And there's, like, you know, some, like, little, like, cheats and tricks to keep in mind. And the more you do them, the easier it becomes to kind of improvise them. Yeah. Which is a pretty scary tool to have to just be able to like whip out tea hives without even like thinking about it and having them land. It's like powerful, man. That's wild. Yeah. That's really wild. How do you spell tea high? T I H A I. T I H A I. Yeah. I would recommend checking some of that stuff out, man, because yeah, it's like so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. That's wild. So does that ha is that connected at all to like <clears throat> when you were saying like a cyclical 
way of viewing rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. 100%. Cool. Crazy, man. Yeah. So it's many different whole, perspectives. A whole nother world, man. And like, I, it let me look at odd meters and just time in general in a way that I'd never looked at it before. Mm. And just kind of, opens up a whole nother world of what what you can do with it i mean you have more command over something now hmm. would uh would a melodic instrument like a horn or a sitar or something like that also be involved in the t high oh yeah totally it's hmm. can work on anything as cool. long as it's, all it needs is a phrase that repeats three times it can be on a melodic instrument okay. it can be on a full orchestra if you want it wow you know? It's, it's just the, a concept that can be applied on whatever instrument, instrumentation, yeah. you know? It's Hell yeah, man. Cool. Is, there a, is there any part of you that's hungry for, like, more school, studying anything in addition? I mean, there, there is a part of me that, of course, like, I'm still, like, it'd be cool to get a master's somewhere. Yeah. Um. Whether it be in like some kind of like, if I was going to do a master's in say like world music performance or, or mm -hmm. something, I would 100% go back to CalArts. That's probably the best world music program that I could ever get into. Totally. It's just like the best faculty. Yeah. For um, but realistically, if I was going to go for a master's, I don't know if I would go down that road. I would probably go for composition or something. Mm. But, I mean, I haven't thought that far ahead. I am, of course, like, always thinking, like, oh, do I want my school experience to end, like, here? Is this it? Mm. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, I know for sure I need at least a full year off before I can, like, coherently make that decision. Yeah, I hear you. And kind of just see. I mean, I already know what post-school life looks like, given my time after Moore Park College. I had those three years of just kind of existing in the real world. Mm. So I, I know what the worst of it can look like. Yeah. Just like working at a grocery store and like mm. trying to do music on the side, but not really caring enough anymore because what's the point is like... Mm. I mean, it's a scary place to fall into, but I've experienced it. I know that that potential place can be waiting for me. And I don't want to be there. Uh -uh. But I don't know if more school is necessarily the answer to avoid that. Because yeah. I'm at a place right now, I'm very hungry to just work in music. Yeah. And being in school wouldn't allow me to, to actually work as a musician. I would still very much be in school and doing school related stuff. Like I'd be gigging per se, but like mostly like school related gigs. Yeah, I hear you. <clears throat> I totally hear you, man. It's a wild thing making that transition. But, you know, like we're all in it together. Yeah. I mean, how long have you been out of CSUN now? Is it like three years? About three years. Yeah, I think it'll be four years next year or something. You're pretty much doing the, like the teaching thing as well as like your whole song a day stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the way that I when I when I got out of school immediately, I was making all my money like gigs, 
And then I also had like an assistant to a film composer gig where I was like transcribing stuff and uh, like helping him on sessions with stuff. But it wasn't like a ton of hours. Um, And so I was playing a lot of like just jazz casual gigs. And I kind of got burnt out on like needing to take every gig that I was offered. Um, So what I did is I started teaching a whole bunch and now I like teach for all of my money and then I play the gigs that like I want to play, which uh, I don't know, after a couple years of doing that, I can't say that either one is really better or worse. Uh, Like at the end of the day, it's just like, the circumstances don't matter so much. Like the thing that matters the most is that I get down to business and like make a record and make some singles and like release the singles and like try and put together a tour and play shows and like, like really get after what I want to do, whether I'm playing jazz casuals or whether I'm teaching to make my living like, it's all just circumstance and like variables. Uh, so yeah, so I like put out a record in January that I was stoked about, and then uh, it was like well, it was like a bunch of your best uh, compositions from your whole uh, three sixty five challenge. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's what I've been going after um in a way that 365 challenge was kind of like a master's degree like i got that idea and i wanted to get better at it but i'm kind of at this point where it's like wanting to be better at a skill is kind of an excuse that i've been using to not put out as much music as i probably should be Um, i've heard that from a lot of people actually you know, yeah. I used to make that excuse as well. Totally. But, I mean, you said it earlier, like you said, having some content is better than no content. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I definitely agree. Right on, man. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that whole thing you did is pretty much like a thesis. <laughs> like, Yeah, it was, it was wild, man. By far the most difficult thing I've ever done. It was, it was challenging. Exhausting. Put out new idea every single day Woo, that's steep <clears throat> yeah man it was it was pretty crazy but i'm thankful i'm thankful that it's behind me never again hey man you did it that's exactly. the thing like you didn't even like maybe you did consider like just like oh, i'm not gonna go through with this but like you went in every single day and you you said gotta finish what i started Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like, uh, I think around day 70 was like the closest I ever came to quitting. Because once I got past like 100, it would have been more painful to like quit than it was to like keep going. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. But, um, but yeah, man, I, uh, I am still writing every day, though. I'm just not posting it. So I, I am still a fan of creating every day. 
Um, or like six days a week, five days a week. I'm not as militant about it these days as I was during the challenge. Um, but it is, it, it is nice to, to still be writing today. Like today I had a really stressful day, like teaching these online classes all day. And I like woke up hungover cause I was like drinking a bunch yesterday. And, um, there was like these 15 minutes where I was writing this new song this morning and with the exception of like sitting here and talking to you, that 15 minutes was probably like my favorite part of the day. Like it's just <laughs> when I'm writing songs, I just love it. I get into this Zen zone that um, oh, yeah, man. like it can be really difficult, but it just like, it's my, uh, it's my most, it's not like the happiest moment that I experience, but it's, it's the most meaningful moments that I experience, oh. I think. Yeah. The, the happiest moments come from when your idea is executed properly and you yeah, listen back to it and you're like, all right, sweet. It was all worth it. Yeah, dude. That, that's the reward, man. Yeah, man. On the subject of executing ideas, talk me through like how you went about recording and producing the record. All right, man. I guess I'll start from like the initial like conceptualization behind it. Mm hmm. Um, I wrote this set of poems back in April of 2018. Cool. And those poems were, the first one was titled To the Wolves, the second one was titled Forest of Pillars, and the third one was titled uh, Orchard. Mm. And I based these songs off of the world I created mm. in, those, in those poems, which was kind of a... It was a very strange place. It was kind of like a dystopian no man's land, mm. but in the snow. Cool. I dig. And the concept was very vague. It was more just about this overall idea of a, like to the wolves was mm -hmm. about someone being sentenced to death. First thinking it was by the hands of another, but it was truly by themselves. Forest of Pillars was about dealing with your own, like the worst part of yourself, mm. coming face to face with that and sitting there and looking at yourself and being like, are you going to consume me or am I going to like eradicate you because I'm better than that? Mm. And then Orchard was kind of like the aftermath of that whole encounter with you and your darkest part of yourself. And it's like kind of where we go from here finding this place of peace and understanding what awaits for us after this, you know? Yeah. So I had those three poems and I just had a few musical themes that I had written that I kind of tied to each of the songs as well as like each of the songs share a lot of like musical themes with, with each other. Like vocally there's for sure the same melody appears in each of the tunes in a different way. Some of the same like harmonic progressions appear in the same yeah same way but done differently whether it's in a different key a different time signature a different way of strumming the pattern or like bringing out different notes of that progression they're all still there yeah and lyrically they all kind of in a way reference each other with some of the lines mm. so i wanted to create this whole like overarching world of these three songs, all of them are intertwined. They're all standalone, yet they're all the same. Yeah. So 
I spent, um, I put that on the back burner. This is like just all in my head, April, 2018. I was finishing another EP at the time. So I was like, well, I'm going to shelve these ideas for later. I spent the whole of that year, 2018 through like March of 2019 on a different EP entirely. And after that semester of CalArts was done, it was summer of 2019. I finally brought the To the Wolves stuff out and I really sat and I started grinding away at it. I spent all of last summer getting the horizontal structures of everything in place. And then, so I had everything general, like the, the basis, the skeletons all in place. I had, some lyrics done at least all the melodies were done i knew a general idea guitar parts what they would be doing bass alex usually just comes in and does his his thing on top of it i don't know yeah. totally. but september i tracked drums for it for all the songs hmm. and then i s- stepped away from any of the production stuff for that mm-hmm. whole semester, because I had such a busy semester last fall. Yeah. I was like, I cannot possibly invest too much time into this record without totally tanking my semester. Yeah. In the ball in this video game project. So I had to like make those my priority. It's kind of like, all right, the songs are at least horizontally structured. Mm. When things die down, I'll go back and I'll revisit the vertical structures after like a lot of the new information that I've like gained through school and all of that. Yeah. So, you know, I would always, like, take these, like, small moments. I'd be sitting at, like, the cafe at school in the morning. I'd maybe, like, jot a couple, like, lyrical ideas down. And last semester, I had my heart broken pretty terribly. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, that was gnarly. That was, like, one of the, like, craziest places that I've ever visited Mm. with myself. And a lot of what I felt from that went into these songs because I finished those lyrics after all this had happened. Yeah. And what I had written before, I even edited a lot of it to kind of fit more along the lines of what I I was dealing with in that moment. Mm. Because it was a very long period of time after that where this thing kind of like this dark cloud lingered over me because of it. Yeah. Really, really rough. But I put all of that, you know, that struggle, all of that pain found its way into these songs. And I wrote what I feel like are very powerful, you know, lyrics that kind of reflected all those things that I was feeling, all the things I was struggling with. And over the winter break, I finished all the vertical structures of the tune. I just sat there every single day I'd wake up four hours usually I would sit there and I would get all this, the synth production stuff. I I would sit every day and be like, I will focus on this part of this song and I will make it the best possible iteration that I can. Yeah, man. And then I'd write, you know, all these cool textures that maybe I couldn't replicate with my synths. It was something that we would replicate with the guitar in the studio. And I'd like email my guitar player, like, Hey, this is what we're going to do here. Here's the sheet music. Cool. And then after finally finishing all the vertical structures, we went into the studio, tracked guitar, which was a whole two six-hour days of doing that. And 
after that, it was since drums were already tracked, it was uh, vocals, which we did all all three tunes, the vocals in one day. I started it off, and then Jeremiah came in, sang his portion. And at the end, we got Barry. He came in. Oh yeah, <sighs> dude, it was so amazing, like being able to to share my voice on a record of my own making with two of my closest friends. Like totally like a dream come true for me. I mean, I've been gigging with those boys for so long in like so many different mediums. It was just yeah. like to have them all there with me for this, like very important record to me singing these tunes that just literally mean the world to me and like document some of the craziest shit that I've dealt with. Mm. It was like surreal, you know? Yeah. man. And then after that, Alex flew in from Reno and we tracked bass and then just went into posts. Hell yeah, dude. But uh it was a it was an arduous process, man. Like the writing yeah. was intense. You know, some days I I'd spend like, like I was saying like four hour days like intentionally I'm gonna hit this. And like maybe I came out with nothing where I came up with something the next day I'd I'd listen, I'd be like, You can do better, like scrap that. Yeah. It was just a lot of trial and error and kind of uh figuring out what to do. Yeah, man. That's like. how it goes, dude. Yeah, man. Then we just like analyze the things we like. We're like, well, they did that there. I'll do something similar here. You know, totally. Like Stravinsky said it himself, man. A good composer borrows, but a great composer steals. <laughs> Straight up, dude. Straight up, man. The Stravinsky knew what's up. It's true. He knew. He he knew what was going on. Oh, of course, man. Well, like, one of the best damn orchestrators of all time right there. Dude, well, I'm stoked that you spent so much time on that EP. It really shows. Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, it's good shit. It's been received incredibly positively, and it, like, warms my heart that it's, like, really, like, resonating with a lot of people, especially people who don't even really, like, dabble in, like, the rock or metal world, just, like, totally reaching out to me and telling me, like, this is a great collection of songs, like, I'm grateful that you did this. I'm just like, oh man, like I don't even know how to like react to something like that. Like, it's, hey, it's fucking sweet. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, man. I mean, to work so hard on something and then to have it received positively like that, I mean, that's just uh-huh. it's one of the best feelings. Oh yeah, man. It's it's surreal, you know. Hell yeah, dude. To have your your work, which is ultimately just like a statement on the creator of creator itself it's like to be positively received by like other people you know whether it's one person whether it's like two thousand people a million people like each each person like enjoying it like means so much you know yeah 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 hell yeah dude dude this has been so fun absolutely man thanks for hanging out with me dude of course dude course hell yeah so the 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 final question all right i'll ask you well i i i have one more question after this but leave, right. leave us with just a final little little word of wisdom i mean you've you've been giving us so much wisdom already but just one 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 more little uh little nugget all right i think uh what i would have to say is because i've dealt with this a lot personally over the mm-hmm. past few years that 
when the going gets tough in our lives and when we're really struggling, yeah, that's really just a test to kind of see who the strong and who the weak are. Mm. Because in those moments, it's up to us whether or not we're going to back away and play victim to it. If we're going to take the bull by the horns and say, fuck this, like, we're doing this. I don't care where I am in my life. Yeah. Like, this is what's happening. And when you take the bull by the horns, you have to commit. And, like, like me, I said this earlier, I'm just literally, like, some guy that has these ideas in my head. It's like, oh, I'm going to fucking do this. Like, no matter what roadblocks come in my way, like, financially, like, some shit went down that wasn't good for me. I was like, I don't know if these songs are going to happen. I still found a way to make it happen mm. or, you know, just like getting like totally like wigged out and like heartbroken one day. It's like, you're not going to mm. let that stop you. You use that to fuel you. Mm. Like, even if I like go further back, like a few years ago when I first got rejected by schools, I spent the whole year crashing on my mom's couch in the living room in Ventura. So I could save up enough money to put out my first DP. Like, yeah these those times where we're at these like low points are really just a test to see if we're capable of like doing what we're supposed to do or want to do you know yeah so just to anyone who's listening just just go for it don't let life beat you down don't let it take your motivation or your drive instead Mm -hmm. use those use those barriers and use that resistance to make you stronger hell yeah I could not agree more, my man. Heck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah, dude. Well, as you know, this podcast is called Will You Be My Friend? (laughs) And it's called that because I feel like being in my late 20s, it's it's kind of a lonely age. Like (sighs) being out of school and like sometimes I'll meet someone at a show or something and I'll hit it off with them. And I'll feel like I'm in grade school again because I want to like pull them to the side and ask them like, "Hey, like, do like do you do you want to be friends with me? Like, oh, do you yeah. want to be my friend?" So oh, usually God. when I have people over like live, I hand write people notes and then I pass it to them across the table as if we're like passing notes in class oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But since we're virtual, I've written you a virtual note. You ready for this virtual now business? Do it, man. All right, here we go. Is this popping up for you? (laughs) Yeah, man. Hell yeah. All right. Why don't you why don't you read that for our listeners? Yo, Vicken. I like the way you play drums. I like the way you make records. I love fucking talking to you, man. I wish it happened much more often. Thanks for being down to hang. Anyways, with a Z. Wanna keep being friends? The answer to that, my friend, in that last statement, my friend, yes, of course, I want to keep being friends, man. Hell yeah, dude. So there's a uh, there's a way that you can actually annotate it on your computer. You can pick a little uh, you can pick a little marker, and then you can you can check yes or no. Totally up to you. Where the hell's this marker at? I don't know. It's a little bit hard to find, maybe. It's always a race to figure out who can who can find the marker first. Annotate. Yeah. Um mouse. That's not what I want. You good, Draw. you got this. 
think draw might work. Yeah. Uh, yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> we did it. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, man. Sick, man. All right. We don't have to get off the call just yet, but let's, uh, let's, uh, let's say goodbye to podcast land. Podcast land. It's been a pleasure getting <laughs> you on here, chatting with my boy, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> up, spreading knowledge, spreading the truth with all y'all. <laughs> Keep it real. See you next time. Real. Keep <laughs> tuning into this podcast because it's dope. Fuck yeah, dude. Thank Fuck you, man. Yeah. Thank you.